Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm back. <laughs> back in... Uh, uh, back dang, again. Back again. Whatever that Backstreet song is. Uh, no, obviously I know. Oh, They're the only slutty. legitimate boy band. Um, Whoa, that is a hot take. <laughs> I'm just not... I'm just, you know... Quit playing games I, with my heart, I stand Tom. by my opinions that NSYNC is not valid until Justin Timberlake went out and did his own thing. Whoa! <laughs> Okay, so last week we had discourse about rom-coms. Not last week, this week. This week. We've not left the discourse. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, and now this, a few days later, we have discourse about boy bands. Like, what's, uh-huh. is this the 90s or the early 2000s? <laughs> like, are, are is, you Heath Ledger? Is this the last time that, you know, society was pretty decent off before the Great Calamity? Uh, and then the Fire Nation and attacked. Then, yeah. <laughs> the Great Disaster was Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, what if that did actually happen and we're just we've just been living in hell for the last 20 years. Yeah, it's years. the matrix, man. <sighs> 20 um, years. That's yikes. So, uh yes, this is the second main show this week. Uh yeah. it's unprecedented. It's it hasn't um, gotten any miraculous. But uh earlier this week we started our discussion on Dark Disciple and um We lost the plot a little bit. Well, we never got to the plot. Um <laughs> We set up a lot. We discussed uh, the the main characters of Ventress and Quinlan, um, and overall the kind of setup of the novel itself, but never got into the details of the novel. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that was just a disservice to your ears. And so, of course, we had to follow up and actually talk about the book. Um, yeah. You know, we did talk about the makings of and what went in and our praises for it. Like, you know, it wasn't totally worthless. That's why it ended up going out. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of setup in the last episode. So hopefully that didn't burn your ears. And um, hopefully yeah. now we'll actually get to it. And I feel the need to give a little bit of context on one of my statements. Dave and Liv, you don't need to be worried about me, how I know about gangster stuff. I just listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. That's literally all it is. Right. You she, don't have to worry. She's too soft to be dangerous. Hey. As far as what we actually talked about, again, started off by prefacing uh, where we kind of stood with the characters before getting um, such a great novel and expansion to their characters. Um, essentially liked Ventress had some elements that were interesting, but really this book is what does her character a lot of justice. Quinlan, not a lot of opinion because there wasn't a lot of appearances. As far as for you, for me, um, I had a lot behind uh, my mind with uh, Legends, um, a lot of which is able to come through here because he gets to be a focus. Mm -hmm. Um, So lots of uh, attention for the characters. Uh, much love to Katie Lucas uh, for the original episodes uh, and for Christy Golden and how she was able to expand it, telling a legitimate love story. We talked, And that's how we got into the, the jokes and rambles of rom-coms is because I think of this as very much a love story yeah. that the rest of the story happens to take place around. Um, and, and then we got to talking about the rest of that story and what it entails mm-hmm. in the moral uh, failings of the Jedi and the overall implications of what the setup of this story is. 
Um, all of that mm. as a preview, if you got five minutes in and then couldn't withstand the last, the last episode, totally understandable, but that's essentially what we talked about for an hour. And horse meat. Yeah, uh, and other random little titties. Um, that's just an abbreviation of tidbits before yeah. anybody gets all crazy. <laughs> Don't pull our sponsorship anchor. Um, no, but uh, it. I mean, it's what you get. We we kind of talked about it a bit, but I mean, we we outline but don't script. Uh, we used to script, and um, it wasn't our thing. I mean, we did it, yeah. But it, it, it was more like we were trying to fulfill a word count rather than actually chatting about what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons to either or, um, but we just for the last year have found a lot more comfort in setting up an outline of where we want to go and then just taking a journey every episode to get there. Yeah. Um, now that does mean sometimes you get weird ones like last week's, uh, that, but I think by being untethered, we were able to have very different conversations than we would have if it was just a beat <clears throat> for beat. Hey, let's read this script of what we think about this book. Uh, it doesn't leave a lot of room for creativity and a lot of room for, uh, on this, on the fly, uh, ideas and opinions. And, you know, um, we really just like to be in the moment with what we're talking about when we uh, do it. There are episodes that get very um, research heavy for sure. Even these we research, obviously, out, even just outside of reading or listening to the book as we did. There's there's research that happens, and that's all there in the outline. Uh, but it's definitely not a, you know, we're just going to say this, and then we're going to say this, and then we're going to say this. It's just, yeah. it's much more of... All right, here's where we know we want to end up. Now, we knew we wanted to end up in the last episode having discussed Dark Disciple. Um, and in part, we did that in a lot of the context of the book. So this episode gets the benefit from being a lot more just the book. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about the characters, the making of, the impact, the sort of um, genre relation in, in the uh and all of that. Um, so now we get to actually just talk about the content of the book. So last week was context. Yeah. This week is content. Um, that's my just sort of literariness coming out in that one. But um, so hopefully um, you're with us. You're excited. I, we had a lot of uh, buy-in and interest in these episodes. So um, we we set up. We ended off in the last half hour of last week, uh, or, or the the last episode. Uh, it just goes to show we're not used to posting twice, but so hopefully you enjoy this, uh, this blessing upon your, uh, podcast, uh, playlist. I wanted to say iTunes, but we actually don't have a whole lot of people that listen on iTunes. Yeah. Most, most folks listen on Spotify now, which is really cool because Anchor is owned by Spotify and they, they, they help pay the bills as well. So all that to say, thank you for listening and putting up with the ads whenever those pop up, because those are a great way to support the show. So, but we uh, spent some time talking about um, the plot that starts off everything, uh, that being the Jedi vote uh, to not only enact a mission to assassinate Count Dooku because it's just gotten so bad and they've got to find a way to end this war, mm -hmm. uh, but they also uh, recommend a very guy's guy kind of Jedi, not necessarily the most obedient or yeah. uh, not necessarily the most... Uh, clean uh, record Jedi, uh, because obviously he would have a lot of not only what it takes, but he'd be able to fit in 
with the realm of what they're trying to accomplish with this. So Quinlan Boss is the guy they recommend, and essentially they really just put him in the right direction. They point him towards Ventress because, you know, she spent a lot of time with Dooku, trained mm-hmm. under him, uh, and now is living uh, deep in the underworld. So she's yeah, steeped. Thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. So she's steeped in a lot of what would be helpful to Quinlan in accomplishing his mission, which is very interesting. Yeah. It's. So, oh, uh, go ahead. I'm not talking. Go ahead. Okay. Um, something that I found interesting was that Obi-Wan is the one to suggest Ventress. Yeah, we, and also we the pointed one to that give, out. Like, briefing on Ventress as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, very on the nose of, yeah, she's flirty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is um, perfect because Obi-Wan was known to flirt back. Well, yeah, it goes back. A lot of those scenes of... Obi-Wan and Ventress playfulness now read a completely different way because it's not sassiness or, you know, playfulness. It's, no, it was flirt. Yeah. Not with intention because we know Obi-Wan, but it it was uh, flirting, which is uh, interesting to go back and process that differently. And that's kind of a little bit, we got into it a little bit, but there's elements throughout this book that affect the way you go back and watch episodes now. Uh, Everything from the way... Ventress's character is, her relationship to Dooku, Obi-Wan. There's a lot of elements here that can add to your viewing, and that's why we always preach and recommend. You don't have to check out every book and every comic and everything, but it is good to get into the things outside of the movies and the TV shows because they can add so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you watch Clone Wars and love it for how it adds to the characters of Obi-Wan and Anakin and various Jedi and just the Clone Wars in general, you already have a clue into how awesome extra media can be. Yeah. Well, books and comics are the same way, dude. So highly recommend it just for, again, how it impacts your viewing of the rest of the show, Um, especially coming from me who Ventress started to get interesting, but then they weren't able to get there. They would have gotten there with these episodes and whatnot, but having this book really gets her character there for me in terms of making it very, very interesting and likable. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it, yeah, it's it's very interesting that they keep their enemies, uh, <clears throat> kind of keep on tabs and basically are willing to associate with them when it benefits their yeah. mission, their, their goals. And it just goes to show how much the war has changed the Jedi Order in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's something we've talked about countless times. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that um, just in the setup of this plot in terms of their the fact that they're willing to make this sort of decision uh, to take on this kind of mission and do this sort of thing. Yeah. It, it right there shows the Jedi are not necessarily the Jedi that they're supposed to be. They're not necessarily peacekeepers anymore. They're just full on military. So they recommend Ventress, not necessarily uh, knowing where she is, what she's up to and everything, but they know by that point that she's a bit of a bounty hunter. And so Voss uses that information to kind of begin trailing uh, in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And so um, he goes to known associates of, of Ventress, and this is a good reference back to her bounty hunting time beginning um, during the Clone Wars, where he goes and talks to Bosk and Boba Fett and uh, members of the Crates Claw. Not many people know, uh, but that was Boba Fett's little gang's name in the Clone Wars was Crates Claw. So yeah. uh, goes and talks to Boba Fett, 
and gets a little bit of a, a point in the right direction to Pantora where she's taking a job currently. Um, and so Quinlan kind of intersects on her hunt and that's how they get connected. And his whole angle is, oh, bounty hunting, that's so cool. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And kind of takes on uh, this sort of, hey, teach me the ways of the hunt yeah, kind of role. At this point, not giving anything away that he is a Jedi. Yeah, he is not. Yeah, that doesn't um, come up until much later. Yeah, he's not directly trying to. I, I don't even know that he necessarily wanted to completely partner with her so much as learn enough to be able to take Dooku. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely seemed how it was at first. There, there wasn't a lot of plan to this. All they, all they knew was they wanted Dooku dead and they wanted Quinlan to be able to do it. And they thought that Ventress would be helpful. So I don't know. I, I didn't always interpreted it. Okay. There's not entirely a plan. He wants to learn enough to be able to take Dooku himself, not necessarily wanting to tag team it with Ventress. So there was no point in admitting he was a Jedi. Yeah. So uh, in, in order to get close and to learn, so the, the bounty he interu- interrupts gets away. And, and so he offers to help if she'll teach him and all this other stuff. So very, very smart way to work himself into the situation. And uh, so he begins uh, kind of just tagging along. And, and there's a bit of time skip. There, there's obviously this really cool little hunt that they go on um, that's interesting. And it kind of highlights where Ventress is at at this point. She's still very much the kind of character we know her to be in that she's cold. She's kind of just out for herself, mm-hmm. very bothered by having to help people, uh, especially Quinlan. She's very annoyed by him. And Quinlan, he's already kind of seedy. Uh, you know, he's the undercover, you know, uh, liaison to the underworld kind of Jedi character. So he's not clean cut as it is, but obviously he is a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So that he, he makes certain moral decisions that Ventress is just like, oh, you'll never cut it if you if you uh, can't, you know, let this go or, or do that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but we do see, uh, we, this story does a great job of highlighting a very pretty obvious weak point for Ventress, which is family. Like, I think her time with the Night Sisters, however brief it was, definitely hit home for her that this is what she should be going after. Yeah, I mean, um, you definitely pick up on she is very bitter around that area. Yeah. And ultimately, I think, yeah, what does kind of motivate her, whether it's up front or not is this idea of family or belonging in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some thoughts on that. We'll get there. So if it, uh, parts of this bounty mission go wrong and it's what causes Quinlan to reveal the truth that he is a Jedi yeah. of interest. Um, all in all. And the whole plot. Yeah. Not, it wasn't a, it, the scene did not go as I thought it would. I was expecting a lot more punching and uh, screaming from Ventress, but she took it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, she I guess she's just very confident in her ability to handle a Jedi. She's not very bothered or worried about it. And at the same time, she wasn't, at that point, super personally invested in him. So this idea of him lying to her and all this other stuff, not very... Not much of a travesty. Not, not, not as negative. Yeah. Um, also, it makes sense. Yeah, and so really it's his ploy of – it's the ploy of his mission 
that kind of attracts her um, to joining forces with him. This idea of being able to get back at her old master and all of this other stuff. Yeah, She's really pulled into the <clears throat> plot enough that it's like, okay, well, I didn't really want revenge, but I kind of do now that you mention it. And well, yeah. uh, really, she's just re she's uh, redirecting her her feelings. So, like you mentioned, there's this idea of bitterness around the uh, of family and belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of just already moved on that the sisters are dead. My my, what I wanted and could have had is gone. There's no hope for it. I'm just going to survive at this point. Yeah. So she's kind of put it away. And then Voss coming in with this proposition of, hey, we can get back at him, brings it out. And real, what it is, is it's this idea of I'm, I'm bothered and sad by what I lost out. It's almost like that's the label of her feelings. And she just kind of scratches that out and puts over it. Got to kill Dooku to have peace. <laughs> like, you know, like you're relabeling your trauma. And I think we yeah. talked a little bit about trauma in the the last episode yeah about, in terms of um, not dealing with it kind yeah. of how it uh it comes back it, it can be more volatile and and so it's this idea of this isn't really what she wants but yeah. it feels kind of right it's a band-aid solution yeah it feels like this is going to make this is going to make it right this is going to yeah. make it happy sure she has an emotional boo-boo and so Mama Force is just like, put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> right. And so uh, they join forces and she promises to teach him the ways of the dark side because no Jedi can do what he wants to do. Yeah. And that's a really, really good and interesting point because she's kind of right. No Jedi could or should do what he's being asked to do. Yeah. And so, um, you know, later on, there's this whole trial of Job situation in the end where they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Quinlan did these things and went to the dark. And I can't believe he let her do this. And it's just like, you know, dude, you sent me on this mission. Exactly. You asked me to do this. How could I go maliciously to kill someone and not tap into the dark side? Now, whether or not he got the Sith eyes and, you know, used force lightning, whether he did external things to symbolize dark side, yeah. simply tapping into this selfish and malicious act of killing another person was enough to, oh, well, that's the dark. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, it's this almost Sermon on the Mount kind of thing in term, wow, two Bible references. <laughs> what uh, are you, a youth pastor? Yeah. It's very much this idea of you you think that you have to sleep with someone to cheat, when in reality, if you think about it, it's just as bad. It's this idea of you think you have to have black clothing and, you know, uh, be wrinkly and shoot lightning to be dark side. But in reality... The dark side was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> uh, you know, reality, it's the little decisions that lead up to that. How do you think you get to that point? How do you think you get to the point of sleeping with them? You think about it. You text them, you call them, you don't show up to work when you're supposed to, or don't go home when you're supposed to. How do you think you get pruny and bitter and, and, and cheating on your wife? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's probably one way, but it's the little things of you're lying. Um, you're maliciously acting and using your power, uh, in ways that aren't justified. You know, I mean, what we see in his trial, uh, on Dathomir is he kills something. He kills a beast for no reason. Mm-hmm. 
he literally goes in, kicks the beast awake, and then kills it, uh, essentially. I'm boiling it down, but the idea is yeah. that beast attacked out of defense because you woke it up, because you entered its territory. Exactly. Um, you know, you put yourself in a situation where you have to kill a person. Well, what's what's the problem? Is, is it that he attacked you or that you put yourself in that vicinity that he had to attack you out of defense? Yeah. Well, he attacked... You know, he's a bad guy, so him defending himself, it doesn't make him good all of a sudden. No, but it does mean that you're the aggressor. Exactly. It's the it's the whole argument behind hostile natives. <laughs> Those are air quotes. <laughs> well, yeah, of course they're hostile when you're trying to You're take... invading their country. Yeah. Like... So, uh, you know, it's these little things, these these little things that break the camel's back. It's these, these forgivable sins or these almost white lies that we label things in terms of, oh, these are okay. Um, so all of this is loaded in this, uh, sentiment and comment of you can do it, but not as a Jedi. Yeah. It's the same thing Palpatine gets Anakin with in terms of you can, yeah, you can save a life, but not as a Jedi. It's not a tale the Jedi would tell you. Yeah. Because the things it requires of you go against that nature. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, this is where you start to see moral degradation in individuals mm-hmm. and in a, uh, a society and a religion, these little decisions and they start to make. I mean, you know, so, and I'm not trying to linger on church uh, analogies and whatnot for this, but the justification front behind this is the same kind of justification, justification behind uh, church discipline. Um, not a lot of people know that terminology uh not a lot of churches even still have church discipline Mm -hmm. because it's seen as very dogmatic and and problematic and it can be because it has been used in this instance yeah church discipline is this idea of the church is the only authority to discipline a, a case or an individual yes this would happen in terms of you have someone there uh they've been coming to church for a long time they volunteer in youth group and man, they've just really started to be very aggressive towards uh, their wife who also comes and volunteers with them at youth group. Mm -hmm. Um, The way they uh, respond to to her or the way they avoid them, the kind of comments they make about relationship. Yeah. That's that. It it kind of, yeah, Yeah. it seems like something's going on there. We, you know, so church discipline would be this aspect of, Hey Bob, you know, we, we care about you. We, we know you very well. And we've seen these things that concern us because not only does this mean something's going on in your personal life that's very concerning, but, you know, we're trusting you to teach kids stuff. And, you know, those <clears throat> kinds of very negative things can come through. So, you know, we kind of want to ask you to step back from teaching kids for a little while. And we want to just kind of take some time to work with you and talk with you about what's going on. It's, it's meant to be this very loving and caring, hey, Something's not quite right. Yeah. Let's address that. Um, you know, uh, you see it all throughout the military. Uh, the military does this in terms of taking the authority to handle situations in terms of soldiers that don't necessarily require full on authority outside of the army. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few good men is a movie that exemplifies that well in terms of they took it amongst themselves to discipline one of their own. Um, never seen that movie. You see that in businesses all the time of like, we're not necessarily going to report this to corporate. We're going to address this here. We're going to try and take it, take care of it here. Um, none of it's meant to be bad. 
But more than likely, all of those cases that I've mentioned, you can probably, or you might have even had a kind of skeevy, just like, oh, that just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Because in our history as humans, we abuse those situations. Oh, heck yeah. The Jedi taking this step of, we've got to go kill him. Mm-hmm. We've got to take care of this. Yeah. Uh, is very much that sort of church discipline aspect of, because Dooku was once one of their own. This is something they would want to take care of because, and they even address this later when Quinlan falls to the dark side in terms of, hey, Obi-Wan, you got to go kill your friend because he's a bad image on us. He represents us, and we have to take care of that. We can't let the clones, we can't let the PR, we can't let anyone pick up on that. This is bad for us. Yeah. That's the idea of a lot of these internal discipline situations is we have to take care of it because if anyone else does, we're going to look bad. Yeah. You know, we have our best interests in mind. And that's something to think about when you think of the character of Dooku is that not only was he once a Jedi, he was a well-known Jedi. Oh, he yeah. was a well-liked Not Jedi. Not very long. I mean, uh, around, uh, maybe around 13 years ago, he was a prominent Jedi. Mm-hmm. So that's not that long. That's not that forgettable of a time. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So he carries still that former Jedi moniker to him. I mean, even in Attack of the Clones, you know, their whole defense of him is, you forget, he was once a Jedi, too. Exactly. Uh, no, and also, I, I, like Count I, of Sereno. Yeah. Uh, so he's got, he's got a lot of, um, he's got a lot behind him and a lot that's motivating the Jedi to this decision. Now, uh, I guess other than just having an interesting insight is and into why I mentioned all of that word babble, um, you know, my, the, the last comment I made in terms of the reason these are often handled is because we have our best interests. Mm-hmm. Let us take care of it. We have our best interests. That's a very selfish uh, way of doing things. Incredibly so. So for the Jedi, the epitome of selflessness and peacekeeping to have that opinion already shows they've fallen. So at this point, the Jedi are already zombies. They're already living dead. Exactly. Um, Palpatine just finally puts them out. I mean, he's the headshot in episode three. They've been dead for a while now. Uh, it's, you know, the sixth sense situation where it's just like, he's been dead the whole time. You just ruined the movie, spoiler owl. <laughs> What's it been, like 20 years? Come on. Something like that. So, Piglet, I don't care if you've seen it or not. <laughs> She's so upset. Sorry, I get on these, like, soapboxes when I have this, like, analogy in my head, and I've just got to make sure everybody else gets what I'm saying so that I don't sound psychotic when I say, oh, this is just a case of church discipline gone wrong. <laughs> um, and, okay, I promise, that's the last time. Probably. I'm going to make a, a Bible reference. I don't hey, know what it is today. <laughs> hey, John. Yes. Have I ever told you the story of the guy who sicked a bear on some kids? Uh, yeah. I, I've Several told kids times. about that story. <laughs> so you don't call people bald. It's a lot of... that. It's really funny how many people that, um, you know, step away from church. That's one of their main citations um you know I, I <laughs> an old guy sticks some bears on me yeah I she mean, bears specifically yes they were female um so it's in, it's very interesting read your bibles if if you don't know that story man you're not reading the same bible i am because my bible's interesting <laughs> uh anyway so uh dathomir dathomir that i, I kind of got there um before just word vomiting um and everything but Dathomir is very interesting um, 
there's a lot of buildup. I, I kind of mentioned already that the, there's a lot of training that happens to lead Quinlan to the, be able to face this trial. You know, uh, Ventress puts this test in front of him because she doesn't want to just see, hey, can you do stuff? No, I want to yeah. see if you're put in a situation where you have to make the choice to maliciously kill, you can do it. Um, and kind of already spoiled, but he does. You know, yeah. he, the trial is go go underwater, wake up this beast, then kill it. Yeah, I can't remember what she called it, so I'm gonna call the it the sleeper. Okay, I was Sorry. about to say the strangler. Um, yeah. So what? What it de- dies by strangulation. So yeah. he she lures him in with this. Hey, you got to go, and you've got to bring back a limb uh, of the beast. It's it it takes on many forms. So it you you know in my mind I almost kind of see this like big giant space octopus. I'm thinking of the eel from Super Mario Brothers or cool. 60 Mario 64. Okay. So I think it was creepy. It, it seems to be kind of a um oh uh what's that Harry Potter thing? Pizza and Parsecs help me. Uh it's a The Whomping Willow? No. Uh, no, the thing that turns into your fears. Uh Starts with a W, doesn't it? No. A wombat. It's a jackal. It's a jackal. It's it's along the lines of a wombat. All, like it's, I, it's, all I remember is ridiculous. Well, that's, that's the, the uh, that's the spell. It's a boggart. Boggart. There we go. Thank you. That's not a W. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Thanks, Liv. Uh, she that, just possessed yeah, she me just, for a second. There you go. Yeah, astral possession. Possession. I'm gonna move on and not say that word. <laughs> um, so it appears different to different people. Uh, and so the idea is he goes and brings back this trophy of, hey, I faced it. It's almost this idea of, um, like in Dragon Ball, Gohan, he never kills the dinosaur, but keeps t- taking an- another piece of its tail. Yes. It, it, it's kind of that in terms of, hey, see, I did fight it because I brought this back. But when he gets to that point, she's like, no, you've got to kill it. Mm-hmm. And so he he uh, is kind of got this moral decision, but he ends up killing it. What's really more interesting to me about Dathomir is the parts before that when they kind of have uh, character moments and everything. By this point, by the way, guys... And they, they smooch. Well, do I think they do here. Yeah. Um, they definitely have gotten more intimate, but it's not in a healthy relationship kind of way. Um, it's more so in the, hey, we're two people, we're two consenting adults, and we both like each other's bodies, and we're both interested in it. So, yeah. you know, it's very much more... Uh, consensual sex rather than um, very romantic. Um, yeah. And so, but that makes sense for where they are as characters at this point. They're, yeah. they're not in it for the love of each other. They're in it because, you know, it's fun to do on a Saturday, I guess. So, um, but in their bonding, you know, she talks about the planet and talks about the trees and the um, sort of coffinish um, husks that her sisters some well former sisters are buried in yeah um it's this really painting picture because she talks about how uh her people were massacred here and um how she wasn't able to give her sisters a proper burial because of the damage that grievous and the droids and the separatists did at the behest of dooku so it's almost this feeding the sore kind of thing that dark side does it wasn't intentional but it's this idea of if the wound stays fresh, you always remember it. Yeah. It, you know, if you keep if you keep licking the wound, it's never really going to heal. It's like Kylo hitting his chest after he... Yeah. Um, so it's this manifestation of stay angry. Yeah. If you stay angry, you'll never forgive. Um, and so... But it's really... It's interesting for a few reasons. So, it, you know, painting back to the Clone Wars episode, you know, uh, old Daka, that sort of witch... <sighs> 
the witch among so witches. So cool. She raises so cool. dead uh, night sisters from their husks. Um, now, if you've played Jedi Fallen Order, you know it's not completely true. So don't hold don't hold to me hold me to it too strongly. I'll hold you. Uh, there are more zombies on Dathomir. That just happens because Jedi Fallen Order takes place after this. You fight zombies there. Dope. Um, because the only ones you can fight are dead ones. But I like this idea that in Ventress's mind, though, she sees it as, okay, she raised all the dead to fight. When Daka died, the dead died mm-hmm. permanently. So the ones already gone are even further gone. They don't go back to their coffin. They don't return to rest. They were raised for a service and could not finish that service. And on top of that, all of the currently living sisters who were massacred throughout all of that. So for all intents and purposes, it's almost like not only now do you have all of these actually dead bodies, but now you're looking over here and these once wonderfully buried and commemorated sisters, now all of their graves are empty, so... They're not commemorated anymore. So on both sides, you have this sort of desecration of your Mm -hmm. family. Yeah. And, you know, she lingers and and is very bothered by, I couldn't give them rest. Like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that much. And there's this survivor's guilt to it that's very traumatic uh, and and played and and written and acted very well Mm -hmm. in terms of just this just like lingering thing of like, I'm alive. They're not. And with my life, I can't even honor them. It's a empty chairs at empty tables kind of situation. Yeah. So it, you know, uh, so it pushes her further in the direction. Of course I've got to kill Dooku because I can't honor them the way I want to. So the only way I can do it is if I kill their killer. Yeah. Uh, Really, really interesting. Good stuff. I love, I love tragic character stuff like that. It's just so interesting. You are an emotional Um, masochist. Apparently, um, what's even more interesting, um, I don't know. I wrote this note in this section. I don't know. I don't remember entirely why there's many elements and times that it can apply. Um, but I want to go ahead and say it so that I make sure I get it in before the episode's over. Um, you know, uh, Quinlan is gifted with the use of force psychometry. Yes. By touching, he can see, feel like he's in the memory. Mm-hmm. Of things, not just objects, but people. So the most misunderstood child of Dathomir fell in love with the only person that could truly, actually understand her. Not sympathy, but true empathy. It's really dang poetic and it amazing. It is incredibly poetic. I, I, I love the implication because there's this idea most often in people who refuse to be redeemed in that you can't understand. You mm-hmm. don't get it. You don't know. Um, now, arguably, Quinlan goes through this in actual experiences when he does make his own fall to the dark side. Yeah. But even before that, he could just, through the Force, know her r- truly, experience what she's experiencing. Um, you know, it's really... I mean, you know, for instance, when... Uh, so. I think it's even here where Ventress kind of pushes Vin- Quinlan in the right direction by lying to him and saying, hey, you remember your master? Dooku killed him. Like, don't don't lose sight of the mission because that's more motivation for you. Not only because yeah. Quinlan has no stakes in the game until that. Until she gives him a personal vendetta against Dooku, 
he has no stake. He's doing it because it's his job. Yeah. She's doing it because it's personal. So she makes it personal for him. Um, Which ends up being a lie. It is. She, I mean, we all know Dooku didn't do a lot of his own business. She was the tool that Dooku used. So from a certain point of view, she told the truth, but missed a key fact in that she was a middleman in that act. This comes to Quinlan, not by word of mouth, but by having uh, and sensing his master's lightsaber. So in that moment, not only he's witnessing his master's death, he's feeling his master's death. So when he, through the force, relates to a person and object through this, it's not just watching it on a security camera footage. It's real. Uh, And it's also the best way to walk in someone's shoes because, again, it's not a matter of, um, oh, I, I, I heard what you said and I understand and I'm sorry. No, it's, bro, I just experienced what you went through. I, I, I'm deeply connected with you now on a whole nother level. Yeah. No one understood Ventress the way Quinlan could have and did. So I just think it's very amazing. And, and, and it, it just, it's a point in the favor of how they're able to uh, become so close and, and, and whatnot. And I think there's a point to be made that no one else could have brought him back from the dark side. Absolutely. The, the Jedi could have tried and in the end, they wouldn't have succeeded. They would have killed him. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. But what they went through together, the level of forgiveness on both sides is what brought him back to the dark from the dark side. It's yeah. redemption in its purest form. And I love it so much. And it made me cry the first it's, time. It, yeah. Like you it, looked at me and I just <laughs> was sobbing. Yeah, it is absolutely not. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people chalk up Ben's redemption. It's very cheap, very not great. I disagree with that personally, but I, I do, I, I do understand where people are coming from in a market that's saturated with redemption, bad yeah. guy turning good. Oh, I get that it can get tiring, but don't throw every situation out as being the same thing. Yeah. Um, this is very well done. It's very different. Um, because it's completely different characters, different situations, yeah. and it's different implications. This redemption isn't a whole. Oh, it makes you. It makes Quinlan the perfect hero after this. No, Not at lo- all. No, this is just a selfless act of love, being the last thing that is in that that person's memoirs. Like this is what, it, I, you know, she had. I mean, again, these are things that much later in the story, but worth mentioning now since we're on the topic. But, you know, she has this whole thing in the end as she's dying where she's like, you know. Um, that's, that's the sound that she made. Uh, I, I want to say it correctly, but I don't have it in my head or in front of me. But it's this yeah. idea of, um, you know, we all have to make a choice to do the right thing, even if that comes a little late. Yeah. Or, uh, along, Like she recognizes in her own actions, like, it was bound to happen, even if it had to happen late. It's I, like yeah. she she's glad in her own way that it happened at all. Not about there's no remorse of man, I wish I would have done this sooner. No, it's just like I'm glad I did this. Exactly. And that just goes to show, you know, in real world real world terms, you can change your opinion. You can change your you can redeem yourself at any time. Yeah. And just because you spent most of your life making a mistake doesn't mean you have to keep it. Right. And, and redemption's redemption, no matter when it happens and no matter exactly. how long 
it lasts. And that can speak to Vader yeah. and uh, Ben as well in terms of, yeah, they died after their redemption. But, I mean, it's a better late than never situation in that be glad it happened, mm-hmm. not for how long it happened. Exactly. And that's not dismissing consequences that come because of your actions. Sure. That is something that you also have to deal with. But I'm a firm believer that redemption can happen for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, they actually start to make progress after this towards uh, their mission of getting Dooku. He's at on Sereno. He's making this big address, and that's when they plan to attack him. Um, I made an interesting note during his address. He uses the... Um, the idea of, uh, look how bad the Republic is, because I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, look how bad the Republic is. They use people. We use droids. We have more uh, respect for humanity. It's this idea of, yeah, we, we're fighting this war, but we're not kill, We're not losing people over it. Yeah. Meanwhile, they manufacture people. Man, that's bad. That's wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting. I don't think that that was necessarily the intention in using droids. I think it was yeah. literally just cost effective. But it's a really interesting way to market. Oh, absolutely, uh, market it for sure. Um, and so the the for, uh, the initial um, attack goes horribly. Yeah. And um, just for the sake of time, kind of having to surmise what happened. So this goes wrong. Ventress escapes. Quinlan's captured. This is when Quinlan learns the truth. Mm-hmm. And. In part, Quinlan still has his mission in mind, but now his motivations are completely wrong. It's almost the same thing of Vader wanting to kill the Emperor in terms of, yeah, cool, he wants to kill the the bad guy, but he doesn't want to do it for the right reasons. No. So it's not going to help anybody. He wants the power. Meanwhile, while he's falling further and further into the dark, um, uh, Ventress is working with Boba and the other bounty hunters to attempt to rescue him. When this happens... Um, obviously by now what's happened and what Quinlan has learned makes it very difficult to save him. Yeah. Cause so she gets there and expects this whole, okay, let's go. It's just like, no, you lied to me. You did this. Um, it's really tough. It's one of those things where you're like screaming at the TV or you're like holding the book tighter because you're just like, oh my gosh, just go and figure it out when you escape. But just like, don't do this. Like, don't, Yeah. this is exactly what, uh, Dooku wants this is exactly what the dark side wants to happen yeah. um, it's very tough um, what's really interesting about this peek into uh, Dooku pushing Quinlan further into the dark side is the ideas behind how it's accomplished because it's this idea of constantly making I mean we see this with Ventress a little bit more so with Savage in uh, the Clone Wars in terms of making the apprentice hate the master yeah it's this idea of the more you hate me, the stronger you're going to get because you're going to try harder. You're going to work until you can kill me. And it's this almost idea of, I know for a fact, if you, and, and it, just like we were saying, if you kill me, you're not going to go get a medal for this. You're not going to, you, you're going to take my position. Yeah. Because you've fallen so far to the point to kill me. Exactly. That now I've won because I've spoiled you. Exactly. And that's how, you know, you move up the ladder at the Barnes and Noble is you have to kill your manager and then you take his job in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm coming for you, Chris. You've got you've to earn it. But it, yeah, it's it's really interesting that this almost super win for Sith is to get their apprentice to kill them because that's almost how you confirm like, oh, you're ready to be a Sith now because you killed me. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like you can 
die in peace because you won, you corrupted. It's you know we I think we even mentioned it a little bit last week in terms of corruption is a much better outcome than death. Yeah, corrupting someone is way better than just killing them because you know by corrupting that person they're going to go on to kill more people than one killing one person could have accomplished. So it's almost like your scoreboard goes up by osmosis. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, I technically only killed one person, and that was me. But by corrupting this person, I killed thousands of people by proxy. The Sith is a pyramid scheme. Win-win. Right. Yeah, exactly. Can we just acknowledge that real quick? So it's it's just a really interesting highlight of the uh, rule of two and everything. Yeah. So by this point, rescue mission for Voss fails. He's full fallen, um, and Ventress kind of just gives up. Yeah. But when the Jedi continue to learn, like, dang, Quinlan failed. Now he's working with Dooku. And and again, this is much more, Yeah, this is a round two of church discipline in that, well, dang, we've got to take care of this. Yeah. And also the refusal of their own part in his fall. Oh man. Yeah. They're very quick. Like I made notes of this. We're around in um, chapter 34 now and um, how quick they are to be like, well, we got to kill him. Exactly. Good God. You sent him into that situation. Exactly. It's like the statues of the fallen in the library. Right. I think of that sometimes and I'm like, what, what hand did you have in mm-hmm. their fall? Yeah. They, they look at it like, Hey, don't, don't be bad like them. Well, shouldn't you look at it and say, yeah, let me help people instead of running them off. like Exactly. That? That's how we should think about, a lot of stuff is yeah. looking at the people who leave and you're like, where did I fail? Yeah. There, there's always two ways to look at it. You can look at it for your own introspection in terms of, I don't want to mess up like that. Yeah. But outside in, you can also look at that. We can't let people fail like that. We can't fail people like that. Exactly. You can either. Yeah. That's a much better way to, you can either look, learn from it on how to not fail for yourself or how not to fail others. Exactly. Boom. Put that on a coffee mug. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a big coffee mug, and I don't think we have enough words for that. Right. Uh, I'm cool with it. I drink a lot of coffee. So, yeah, Obi-Wan's protesting this the whole way. So his whole thing is, all right, let's try and let's try and save him at least first. Can we do that? Um, you know, let's at least attempt that. Yeah. So he seeks out Ventress's help and everything. And I'm not going to lie. This part, the pacing, it's slow. not a well. No, it it well, it's not slow. It's fast actually, but it's yeah. not in a bad way. True. It's too much to real. Like there's a whole bunch of, we saved him. He's good. We 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 checked him out. He's done a couple of cool missions. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot happening. Yeah. There's a lot of Ventress and Quinlan walking in the garden having conversations about their relationship which you should do with your spouse but at the same time not with the intention of dragging them down to the dark side with you from quinlan's part now he's the one pulling down ventress yeah at this point you know her whole thing for helping and saving him is she just wanted like look i'm done can we just go and be happy yeah like her whole thing for saving him is for their happiness and then as soon as he gets back, though, he goes right back to the Jedi Order. And, of course, she is upset by this because it's this idea. You can't have me and the Jedi. Mm-hmm. If you want to go back to that, fine. But you know what that means for us. Exactly. Um, so even in saving him, it's hollow. Uh, it's not perfect. What I love is there's this whole thing with Padme and uh, Anakin where Anakin's judging them and, and what they had. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, oh, we're different. 
Yeah, huh? Or, you know. Uh, yeah, huh? Um, give it a couple months and you'll find out how different you were. Right. Um, turns out Quinlan was not completely saved uh, in all of this. He was still working for Dooku. And so, yet again, they're very quick to be like, hey, we could just kill him. Yeah. And then um, Obi-Wan again, he's like, well, can we try something here? So, again, it's the Jedi going to the absolute worst possible solution. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this further ingrains things I've said for a long time in terms of the Jedi always thought, once you go dark, that's it. There's no yeah. redemption. There's no saving. There's no way back. Um, and it's just this idea of rather than help, you would rather kill. Same idea between we'd rather put people in prison than help them. Um, we'd rather, you know, make uh, drug addictions a crime rather than, you know, uh, poor funding into communities that mean they don't have to use illegal funding um, for just basic necessities. And we would rather mm -hmm. not get into the psychology of why people are addicted to drugs. We would just rather say, oh, it's bad. You're bad. You're wrong for it. Go to jail. That, well, yeah. cool. That's a great way to go cold turkey, but ultimately it's not going to help their deeper issues. People don't do drugs for no good reason. People don't drink for no good reason. And people don't fall to the dark side for no good reason. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, it's justifiable, just let them go. No, I'm saying still needs help. But when you recognize that it happened for a reason, i.e. Yeah. you sent him into these situations, you put him in a place to make these decisions, you didn't push him off the edge, but you put him on it. Mm -hmm. Like, when you recognize that, all of a sudden you can recognize how to help, though. Mm -hmm. when, you when you recognize that, oh, it's this inability to face my issues that I keep masking with alcohol, that's why I can't put it down. All of a sudden now you know what you need to do. You need to learn to face your issues. You need to learn to healthily process, not cover it up with being inhibited. It's just this idea of, it's why you study venom to create anti-venom. It's why you study viruses to create antiviruses. You have to know what it is in order to counter it. And But this idea of it's just, oh, nope, bad. Just kill him, put him in jail, knock it off. The boo box. Yeah, it's just like that is not how you deal with your problems. And that's just my PSA for the day. Um, you just went like full dad for a minute there. <laughs> up here, yeah. Um, not that I'm complaining. I don't mind. So, yes, they once again... And this isn't a thing like, well, let's see if he can make the right decision. Let's put him in a room with cocaine and alcohol and a teddy bear and see which one he chooses. Because <laughs> that's essentially what they do here. They, they're just like, well, let's put him in, in the room with Dooku and see if he can kill him. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, it doesn't go the way you think. No. He no. kidnaps Dooku. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. This is addict's logic, too, because... Uh, um, the face Robin. It's this idea. So his whole motivation for not killing Dooku is to keep him alive to get to the greater issue. Yes, which is uh, Palpatine. They don't know that. No. But they know there's another Sith. They know he has a master. So Quinlan's whole thing is, if I can get to him, I can end all of this, and then we can truly be happy because the war will be completely over. Yeah. Quinlan has tapped into the truth that killing Dooku does nothing. So if I want peace with my girl, if I want to actually have a happily ever after with Ventress, I have to not only get rid of him, but I have to get rid of he, who he serves. And so it's, again, this very dangerous logic of taming the lion rather than killing it. Yeah. 
and I'm not condoning killing lions, but it's this idea of, you know, everybody's always surprised when the circus lion kills somebody. Huh? What do you expect an apex predator to do, bro? Exactly. That's why I'm afraid of elephants. What? They're not apex predators, though. <laughs> They're that, bigger than I am. That makes them my predator. No, that's not true. Um, that's that's forced perspective. I'm terrified um, of Noah Outlaw. He's so tall. <laughs> when When you put a dangerous animal in a situation where you pretend that they're a pet and then that pet reminds you it's a dangerous animal, you have no right to be surprised anymore. Exactly. You're an idiot. Uh, it's You can't tame lions. There's certain characteristics of the human nature you can't tame and you have to get rid of. You cannot play with certain things. You know, it goes back to the whole idea yeah. of, well, it's just playful banter with this person at work. It's not going to turn into cheating. I mean, it's yeah. just, I, we joke about things I can't joke about with my wife. That is petting the lion, all right? That is condoning things that are dangerous characteristics that eventually that lion's going to eat your foot and you're going to be, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how I did this. I, honestly, I just blame my wife for not being there to stop me. Like, we we put blame outside of ourselves for how could you let me play with the lion, man? Like, how could you, you know, we look at the audience and say, look at you people. You made me do this because you clapped and cheered me up. You got in the ring, bro. Exactly. You, like, you know, it's it's these cause and effects of you did this. You're the reason this happened. So if you can't tell, I have feelings. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you also can't tell, I study psychology and, and, and the, you know, science of addictions and counseling and all this other stuff. Uh, th- these are what I do with my hobbies when I'm not obsessing over fictional characters in Space Wars. Um, all that just... So, they think that the solution is to make him make a decision and he thinks he's making the best possible decision for himself. And what's even more tragic about it uh, is he thinks he's even helping the Republic as yeah. his duty as a Jedi by ending this war. Like there's this manifold logic behind it. Sure. Still problematic, still murder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it, but it's just really, telling that the Jedi have no business counseling trauma. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, You know, what are your credentials? Like I get you're all Zen and y'all read y'all's Bibles, but what, like what really gives you the credentials for this? Uh, You know, it's, it's just very problematic. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that meditation can help with anxiety, but that's not going to fix it. Oh, well, yeah, there, there's a lot of factors that go both into counseling yourself and, and also counseling others. And yeah. I don't think any one fold, I mean, if I'm a big believer in mind, body, soul, in that you have different outlets and inlets, and you have to address all of them if you're going to yeah. have a holy, W-H, holy, uh, joyful yeah. and, and peaceful existence. Is your belly button an outlet? Or an <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but food is a big aspect of, you know, addressing what your body does and doesn't need and what does feed or uh, starve your, your uh, you know, sort of mental levity. Yeah. It's the idea of hangriness. I mean, it's just real. Um, so, but it's, it's this idea of, sure, study a bunch of stuff. Go to college for... Um, psychology for for uh, uh counseling and for for you know big brain stuff cool that's one facet that's one outlet and inlet that means not only have you only 
had one-way traffic in terms of learning all of this stuff. When you counsel and speak and, and do, you're coming from a logic-minded perspective. Yes. That means you're ignoring two-thirds of human existence in that soul and body. Same thing. Okay, cool. You're super spiritual. You're super Zen or you're super in touch with uh, whatever deity you believe in and all of this other stuff. So you have a, a very soulful yeah. piece to you. Even if that is the deity of self. Right. Um, now, when it comes to knowing why you feel peace from your deity, you don't really know because you don't study your deity so much as you relate to your deity. It's really cool, bro. Uh, and then <laughs> when you address certain things, your idea of addressing trauma in both yourself and others, it's a very spiritual standoffishness of, I'll pray for you, man. Or, man, you, you want to talk about it? Like, And yeah. I'm not downplaying the, the beauty and, and, and the uh, ministry of talking. Very true. Talk it out. That is real and that's yeah. helpful. That's one facet though. Same thing. Cool. You are Beefcake Avenue, bro. You, <laughs> you are working out all the time. That's going to be my You're... next pie shop is Beefcake Avenue. That's you know, like, we're going to open a burger bar. <laughs> yeah, Beefcake Avenue. You're working out, you're running, you're, you're doing all these things. There is actual yeah. scientific evidence that working out, physical exertion, even sex has these you know, pop-offs pop pop and synapses firing, like all of these things that feel good, heal, and are healthy. Yes. There are certain things, like you were not given a body to sit around with it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, by not being active, you're actively degrading your bodily health, which affects your mental and your spiritual health as well. So, and I don't mean spiritual. You have you can yeah. be agnostic and atheist and still have a spiritual existence. You are still a soul. Yeah, that's what I mean Fight by me. the deity of self. Is yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hail yourself. Like who cares at this point? Right. Um, so uh, you know, so one affects the other. You're, you are a trinity of symbiosis. Your your mind affects your soul, affects your body, and and any which of combination of those things. So that to say. When you're only addressing one facet of it or one aspect of self, you're ignoring self mm -hmm. versus when you try to actively lean into and address all of it. Jedi are super spiritual focused. They're super like, yeah. I'm counseling out of my experiences, man. Like I'm trying to, I'm talking to troubled youth because I was a troubled youth. Okay. But have you studied child psychology? That doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to fact check everybody's resume in terms of, do you have the authority to speak to me on this? But I am going to factor fact check your resume internally for myself to decide how much you have to speak into my life. Not necessarily whether you can people talk to me all the time that they have a level one authority in my life. I still let them talk, but yeah. they have a level one. Does it mean I shut them up and shut them down? No, because it's, it, you take their advice with a grain of salt. Yeah, ac absolutely. It doesn't mean I'm letting them say anything bad or stupid. Those are when you get into negative authorities, when they have negative authorities, that gives you an automatic level 10 authority to say, bro, that's heresy. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are people, and then, you know, there are people, usually family members and, and dear friends that are level 10s. Like you, you've got to quantify, yeah. you've got to, you've got to give a value to people's authority in your life. I'm level 13, 13. So spiritually, Jedi might have a level 10 in terms of being able to be good people and, and help other people be good people. Yeah. But there's a reason they're a part of society and not the rulers of society. Separation yes. of church and state. 
get your education somewhere, get your, your, your spiritual mindfulness somewhere, and get your bodily health from somewhere. If you're ignoring any one part of yourself, bad juju, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what got me on that other than I think Jedi are just problematic counselors. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where I came from. We're just having like a therapy session today. Good God, aren't we? Like the last one was just so weird and untethered. And this one is just very, hey, let me open up my brain of psychology. Let's apparently. talk about our feelings. Good Lord. Uh, if it's not interesting, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. I insert that gif of T'Challa like, we don't do that here. Right. Uh, you know. This is an emotional. I, th- I, I think people are, are, are I, you know, I joke, but literally these are things that fascinate me and are important to me outside yeah. of uh, fandoms and, and, and Star Wars. So I, and, I think people are yeah, getting to know a part of me. These are the conversations that we have when y'all aren't here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that too. <laughs> Sometimes we can just have full conversations of just you. <laughs> So all that to say, he makes a bad decision, and this starts a cascade of, of negative yeah. effects that... Yes. Um, and this is a good example of redemption, but consequences. Yeah, so he takes Dooku with him, goes to Ventress, and is just like, hey, we got to escape. And of course, at this point, the Jedi are like, dang it, he made the wrong decision. <laughs> he did it again. Right. Um, and so they try to stop him, ultimately in stopping them, mortally wounds everybody. Everybody. Quinlan, uh, Dooku, and Ventress. And Ventress tries to use this of like, dude, we, this this yeah. isn't what I want. All right, Th- this is not what I want. You you aren't telling me everything. You aren't including me in your decision making. If we're doing this for each other, I've got to have a say. So yeah. I get you think this is the right thing, but talk to me about it. Which you know we exactly. referenced last week. Legitimate, real relationship advice. Yeah, communication. It's overstated so much that I think people think it's ridiculous and cheesy, but it is the absolute key to a relationship. We've had these conversations before. Um, and so, you know, Ventress is just very much just like, dude, I just, I want you, I want us, I want happiness. It doesn't mean we've got to kill Dooku for that. I've I've opened up. I've recognized killing him isn't going to do squat for us. And what I love so much is, <laughs> is that cat being meow, meow. But... There, I don't know if it's in this scene or if it's later on, but the statement of, I lived this life. I lived in the hate. I lived in this festering world of darkness. And I don't want to live like that anymore. And yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. So there, there's a beautiful, um, and that's what, this is what you get with books that you wouldn't get. Because there, there's things that happen in this that aren't visual. You wouldn't see it yeah. in film or a show. Um when, when she comes to this sort of epiphany, the, which epiphany is not necessarily just, yeah. uh, oh, idea or, or mental realization. It can be spiritual as well. There, yeah. There's this sort of um, Taoistic kind of view of when you've reached epiphany, you've reached this greater elevated understanding that puts you yeah. completely plugged in to the ether, the out there, the other world. Yeah. And that's what happens when she makes this realization of choice. Um, you know, there's this description of her being overtaken with the force and the light side, this warmth of well, this is the force, but I've never felt it this way before. Yeah. Because this it's is her, the light side. It's yeah, so the, cool. This is her completely stepping into the light. Uh, and what's beautiful is how it translates. 
you know, she's seeing all of this stuff and basically the force is showing her her choice. Yes. And she says no. And I love this because it plays out almost just like, wait, she's telling the force no? Dang, okay, she's prideful. In fact, no, but it plays out no. She's she's saying no to um, Quinlan uh, being attacked by Dooku. Mm -hmm. She sees that Dooku's attempting to attack and she says no. I love that. Yes. Turning to the light isn't so much about saying yes to the light, but saying no to the dark. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I love about, and I get people don't really like the special editions, but I love the addition of Vader saying no. Just yeah. one resounding no. I'm not going to let this happen. Um, it, it, there's beauty in no sometimes, especially when you're saying no to the dark. And that's what she's doing. She's saying no to the selfishness yeah. and saying yes to the selfless. It, it, it's really powerful when you can say a yes and your no. It's to go back to psychology. Like we can, I, we have and can talk psychology in circles for days, but as someone who deals with depression and anxiety and stuff like that, is that some days it's not about putting yourself in a positive mind space. Some days it's not about, you know, getting up and going for a run and deciding to be happy. Sometimes it's enough to just say, mm. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> not today. What do we say to depression? Not today, not today. Satan. Exactly. Uh, Sometimes that's all it is. It doesn't have to be this beautiful moment of, you know, I decide to be happy. It's no, I, I decided not to not be happy. Exactly. You know, like that, you I'm know. not going to let this ruin my life anymore. Right. Yeah, there, there's power in saying no just as much as there is saying yeah. yes. Which is a very surface level part of it. You know, there's a lot that goes into care for therapy, uh, care for depression and anxiety and stuff like that. But saying no is the first step in a lot of situations. Yeah. And so um, she says no and and she uh, takes the killing blow for Voss. And, mm -hmm. and again... Uh, the epitome of the dark side is selfishness. So, of course, the opposite would be that the epitome of light is selflessness. And I am a firm um, believer that Ventress in that moment became one with the Force. Oh, yeah. Well, in her own way. Yeah. So when we fast forward and get the rest of this and, and there's this whole thing of, okay, I guess we can let Quinlan in and blah, blah, blah. Um, which I don't, I, if I were him, I wouldn't have gone back. No. But, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. I was hoping for an Ahsoka situation, honestly. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other situation. The good news is, guys, he did survive Order 66. We did have that confirmed in the Charles Soule Darth Vader comics. So, yes. cool fact there. But um, after all of the, the pomp and circumstance that isn't as important, you know, he and Obi-Wan go on a venture to finally lay Ventress to rest. And she she gets laid into the water of life um, uh, to be able to be put to rest with her sisters. And there's this thing that happens where uh, uh, Voss feels the re response to her peace in the force. And so I, I think in her own way and in her own aspect of the force and in, in the night sisters, witchiness of the force. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One with the force there. Yeah. It's like the whole, the speech between Mufasa and Simba, like we eat the antelopes, they eat the grass, we die, we become the grass kind of thing. <laughs> Circle of life. Yes. Circle of life. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just a very beautiful and very good ending. And, and, um, years later, uh, listening to the audiobook a after having, um, read it, 
uh, it still hits real hard. It, it's still yeah. really, really um, impactful. Um, that you know, uh, it's it's really good also to see how Quinlan is glad for what he had and glad for what she gave him and all this other. Like he's not lingering too much on the grief, although obviously it would be there. It, grief's always there, but you know, I love his turn in terms of. You know, I'm going to be grateful for what happened. And, uh, much like Ventress in her final moment, mm -hmm. she was just glad to make the right decision once. Yeah. You know, she was just glad that it happened. She wasn't caught up with the whole fact of, oh, wow, I'm not going to get an award for this. I'm not going to get to live and hear people talk about this for ages. I, you know, but yeah. I did it and I'm glad I did it. There's an old proverb that's how lucky I am to have something that made saying goodbye so hard. Right. Wow. You know who said that? Who? Winnie the Pooh. Really? Yeah. Aw. Dang, these cute characters having just <laughs> oh, dude. seriously emotional things. I have a, I have a book of Winnie the Pooh quotes. They all hit, like, real hard. Oh, I bet. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what's it? Carol something? Uh, the, the writer? The creator? Helm. Really? Where did this... Where'd... You thought Lewis Carroll. Oh, Lewis Carroll. No, that's um, Alice in Wonderland. Exactly. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry. I didn't watch cartoons growing up. He was in love with his 13-year-old cousin. You know, product of the times, man. <laughs> That's not an excuse. Uh, it's like, cool motive, it, still murder. It's worth taking like, into consideration. I know, but still. Um, it's really, you know, I'm not saying it's right that society thought things, but I am saying that when society thinks things, it's kind of hard to judge the individual but for being part of society. Um, that's, again, another episode, so... Uh, <laughs> Just amazing, amazing book. Um, I'm glad. I hope this episode was able to do it yeah. justice. Um, I hope this episode was somehow interesting with all my word vomit and, and ridiculousness. But um, you have now seen in one week the two extremes of Nerd Herder. You see yeah. the completely, we got no plans. We're just talking uh, and just shooting the breeze. And then you've got the, hey, we brought all of our thoughts to this one. Dude, it's like an emotional milkshake. All of the boys are in this yard. All of them. Uh, and so so hopefully you enjoyed all of them as well. Um, Enjoy your milkshake. We will be back next week. Uh, we got a plan, um, but I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had so many notes of Dark Disciple in front of me, I did not make my notes of what's coming next. But Dude, it's guess, fine. guess you're just going to have to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, it's and Facebook to find out. Um and uh, yeah. don't forget, we did post a uh, Rebels rewatch this week as well, so be sure to check that out. We're continuing that, uh, staying strong and getting excited for the season two yeah. finale. I'm I'm probably more excited for the season two finale for you than I am for the entire series finale. Well, I finally overall. know what the water buffalo is. No, that's oh. completely unrelated. Uh, you you'll never know actually. So just go ahead and accept that you're not going to know who Tom Baker is. Um, <gasps> But I do know who Tom Baker is. <laughs> yes, he's he's the doctor and the bindu. Um, That's the name. Yeah. All I could think of is the water buffalo. Yes, because you're Larry the Cucumber. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Mine's the bindu. Um, thanks to uh, Red 5 Network. Um, they're an amazing group of podcasters who keep us encouraged and yeah. motivated. And we love all the stuff that they do. Yeah, this is your weekly reminder that you should listen to the uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast because it's got the word butt in it. <laughs> Um, yeah, they constantly keep our playlist filled with awesome content, Star Wars and otherwise. 
Um, you know, we shouted out Pizza and Parsecs. They've been talking Harry Potter for a while now, uh, but also uh, plenty of DC. We've got a lot of DC fans, which is really cool because I don't like DC. So I'm you don't learning. like Superman. <laughs> yes, uh, thanks for selling me out. Um, but I'm learning a lot from uh, checking out like Force Losers and and whatnot. So uh, very excited there. Uh, so many great people. Too many to shout out. So check out Red, Red Five Network social media or just Red Five Network.com. Mm-hmm. GI Friends. Um, Game Infinite does a lot of cool stuff, shares art, cosplay, and great things from all kinds of mediums, anime, gaming, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. uh, check them out, especially on Twitter and Instagram, Game Infinite. They're awesome. Thank you to our Patreons who support this madness. They pay for this craziness. You I don't pay know for why. this. Um, but we do appreciate you, and we appreciate all of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to being back very soon. And, and <laughs> there's Piglet. She's reminding uh, us to thank Jim. Yes. and uh, But until next time, guys, I've been your leader, John Wayne. And I've been here. And may the force be with you. <laughs>